Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersusGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we speak to a guy called Jason Morossi. He is the vice president and co-founder of a company called BVV. Jason contacted us and he asked if he could be on the show to let people know about the, the stuff he's working on. And I checked out his shop and the things he has going on. And I thought this is going to be a really cool interview. This guy knows his shit. He's uh, an engineer. He specializes in the equipment for extraction, for, to make oils and uh, shatter, and BHO, that kind of thing. And he knows what he's talking about. He's got some good equipment up on his website for anybody who wants to make any kind of cannabis extracts. And he, he's a super cool guy, man, and a cannabis user himself as well. So, so I hope you enjoyed this interview. It's very interesting. Lots of interesting information about the equipment you use to make cannabis extracts. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and I'll speak to you at the end of this. I'll see you in a bit. How's it going, Jason? Hey, Jason. Good morning. Nice to meet you all. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Pleasure to have you here. We'll quickly introduce ourselves so you know who you're talking to. Uh, I'm Mackie from the UK. We drive on the correct side of the road over here. Uh, <laughs> Monkey, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, Jason. Monkey down here in the southeast US. How's it going, man? Hey, uh, really good, man. I nice suppose that ad we drive on the incorrect side of the road. No, no, no. I'm not going to get into the controversy yet. I mean, you can drag Jason in there if you want to, but I'm not going to do it. You you can. My, uh, my kids live in Singapore, which is... Uh, obviously your correct side of the road. So I drive out there pretty often and um, I don't like it. I got to be honest with you. I feel like when I'm driving at high speeds, it's a lot easier for me to drive on the right-hand side, especially taking tight uh, turns and corners and stuff like that. So Hmm. I don't know, but then all these good races come out of the year out of Europe anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? It seems to make sense, right? Yeah. It's, it's up for debate here. We're on a 50, 50, (laughs) what are you saying, bro? (laughs) Oh no. Uh, Look, look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, driving on the left, being on the right hand side of the vehicle. Seems to make sense to me. G'day Jason, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Hawk from Australia. That's, that's why I'm on the opposite side or the right side of the road. The correct, the correct side, correct the opposite side. side. You were correct. The opposite mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we should do the interview and stop talking about the road. That is the interview. <laughs> this is how we roll. So, hey, that was a great interview. Great. So, Jason, for the listeners, do you want to tell us who you are and where you're from? Yeah, um, my name is Jason Morosi. I'm the vice president, co-founder of Best Value Vax, um, BVV, as we're known for short. Um, you know, we're out of Chicago. And uh, we're probably about 30 minutes outside the city of Chicago in a state that is uh, recently uh, legal. Sweet. So you do extracts, right? This is what you specialize in. So what we specialize in is, you know, we're an extraction company. So uh, we really don't touch the plant. Um, You know, we're not making extracts uh, that are going into retail or anything like that. We purely focus on making equipment that, will perform extraction profit processes or infusion processes, cart packaging, um, you know, sh- slabs, dab, shatter, you know, butter, diamonds, you name it. Everything that can be manufactured as a post-processed, uh, I'm sorry, post-harvest product. Mm. Uh, that's, that's what we focus on is making equipment to do that stuff. Like rosin presses. 
things like yeah, that. Yeah, rosin presses too. Yeah, we, you know, rosin presses, we're not, you know, there's a couple of big players like Peer Pressure in the US and uh, and Low Temp, you know, they have really good products. Um, so I, I usually resell those products. We do have a couple of house brand products that we've, you know, kind of tooled around for the last uh, maybe six years. We made them how we'd like them and, and we kind of just stand on them. But they're really good for, uh, you know, introductory type of customers that come in or walk in and, you know, they, they just want a solventless way to do um, some post-harvest processing or they have a mm -hmm. small amount. Um, but yeah, we do that as well. So you say you've been making this stuff for six years. That means uh, pre-legislation oh. <clears throat> pre in Chicago. Yes, actually, this is, uh, we're in our ninth year of business. Um, wow. And we've been in Illinois the whole time. It's completely landlocked uh, from legislation. Um, the process though, you know, for us, you know, we've, primarily came out of that market, went into the CBD market. We have a, a license to process CBD here as an, and, and do extractions with it. So even before the legislation came around, you know, we had the opportunity to use CBD as our primary tool to do our, our, our testing and our R&D and, mm -hmm. and also education and stuff like that. So is there different rules for you guys then, considering you're, uh, you know, when you get your cannabis, can you use it because you're designing the equipment for it rather than making the actual product? So unfortunately, we can't. Um, so we don't have a license to actually do any type of cannabis processing. Um, although there might be some future legislation that might give us the opportunity. Um, you know, we have used, we've used our CBD processing as kind of our crutch um, to get everything that we needed to, mm -hmm. to function. Um, and to be honest with you, it's all of our education, all of our training, all the customers that come in and see us, they know we don't really, we don't do that stuff here. Um, but they know very well, you know, how, what, how those processes with CBD still relate to, mm -hmm. uh, their process. It's gotta be a difficult position to be in. It is. Um, it kind of sucks a little bit from time to time because there's projects that I have to do outside of the state. So I'll go to Michigan to some of our are, uh, you know, well-known customers, um, you know, not typically Colorado, it's a little bit further, but Michigan's nice and close. So we've partnered up over the years with, you know, people who will help us and work with us and allow us to, you know, come out and, and do some testing with them or bring out some new equipment or try out some new ideas. Uh, and that's worked really well for us. And as the market has grown, um, you know, we've actually had a lot more access to customers just being able to, you know, hey, man, I haven't seen you in a month. Hey, I got an idea. Come check this out. Take this with you. See what happens. Give me a call. We'll talk and do some <laughs> video conferencing and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's it's been nice to have some people that are, you know, willing to try out some new stuff, um, you know, the, at the expense of their own material. But honestly, at the same time, sometimes there's some pretty good benefits there, too, because mm. typically I don't take the stuff back. <laughs> I usually just say, here, you keep it, man. Sweet. So what made you want to get involved in this business then with being illegal in Chicago nine years ago? Oh yeah. So <clears throat> that's kind of a, a long story, but I'll, I'll make it a little shorter version. <laughs> um, so why let's see here, let's go back about 11, 12 years ago, you know, myself and my brother, who is the co other co-owner, you know, he's the founder on the co-founder. Cool. Um, we started using vacuum chambers to, to, uh, to make parts out of plastic and resins and thermal set products. And there wasn't any good vacuum chambers on the market that, that worked the way that we needed them to. So he went ahead and built them and he decided to sell them and he sold a lot of them. Um, and, you know, through that process of selling them, we started 
getting questions about weird things that had to do with like BHO and, right. um, you know, just questions that were like, um, you know, I, I need to get to this tour vacuum. And I'm like, oh man, I don't, I don't even know what it, what, what these guys are trying to do. What, what are they looking at? And we'd also get these orders to like California that were just massive. And I'm like, why are they shipping this to a Christmas tree farm? Um, (laughs) uh, but the, as it kind of evolved from there, we, I understood what the customers were doing. And at that point I realized that we were building a product that was at the end of the process. And that's when, you know, I, my background is, uh, electrical engineering and I have a, a wide range of mechanical skills as well. And, um, I was also in the United States Navy for about five years. So I, I had a pretty good head on my shoulder about it being able to, to understand what these customers needed and how I could engineer products for them. And there wasn't a lot on the market. So there were some open source ideas out there, but what we did was we took, you know, that idea that, you know, we were, we were at the, the end of the process and the idea was just let's build everything before it. And that's when we got into the extraction side of the business. And we just started off with some real basic stuff. Um, a lot of it was open source ideas that came out of um, the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, with these, I would say, uh, maybe like some drawings and some general, you know, kind of guidelines on what type of equipment was being used to do this. And so, you know, with my background in, in software and CAD and, and, you know, I went ahead and started designing parts and, and products and having them manufactured for us. And then we were off and running with building some very simple uh, extractors. And then our, our goal was to just carry everything. It was extractors, it was roto evaporators, it was, you know, ethanol equipment, you know, um, bubble hash equipment, you know, vacuum pumps. We just expanded into all the butanes and, and solvents that are used in the business and a lot of the consumables. Um, so we hate to use the term around here uh, as like a one-stop shop, but we uh, effectively created it, which is kind of cool. Um, we still don't like to use the term, but mm-hmm. um, we always we always think that there's more room ahead for different ideas and stuff too. But that's kind of how the story started. And so we spent the first three years carrying a variety of products that were not necessarily originally for the you know processing market as we know it. We just took current products and then we we engineered them to be a little bit more friendly uh, for the for the guys that were using it. For example, like a vacuum oven, you can go out and buy a scientific vacuum oven from a variety of different places. The only problem is they're usually designed to operate in the temperature range of like up to let's say you know 250 Celsius, and we don't need that when we're going to take a BHO product and we're gonna you know make some shatter or something like that. We only need about, you know, 90 to 105 Fahrenheit. You know, it's a very low temperature range product. And these ovens, when you turn them on, their, their programming wasn't built for that type of stuff. The, the heating elements had to be changed out. The PID parameters had to be changed out. The way that the valves were built needed to be changed. There was, so we, we, we added lights to these things, more shelves, different types of shelves, things that were conducive to what our customers would need to get the job done. So that's really the story of the first, you know, three, four years of building these core products. And then from there, it's just been evolving those products over the last at least six years, seven, I would say five to seven years. 
She's like, I don't even know what else you would use that equipment for other than making BHO. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? What else can you do, use it for? Well, so in my background, we used a lot of the vacuum ovens that we had um, in my previous job in the lab, and it was to test and make, you know, uh, UL, UL uh, products like, you know, in, uh, in Europe, it's like CE um, products that are electrically safe and stuff like that. Right. We would use vacuum ovens to test temperature and different atmospheric pressures. Um, you know, uh, some of the cosmetic companies that we've worked with for some of our vacuum chambers, because our business isn't all just this business, isn't all in cannabis. Um, some of those products would be like, if you were to ship like this one problem they had, they were shipping eyeliner uh, and they were blowing up on the airplane. So they could simulate altitude inside of a vacuum chamber by pressure. So right. they could design packaging that would function for shipping. Mm -hmm. So there's, I would say there's not, there's not a, a, a ton of things off the cuff that people might not, might know about, but there's also one other small niche industry, which is um, candy drying. So people take uh, Skittles or, you know, candy that you'd buy at the store, they put it in a vacuum oven uh, for, a, you know, a four or five hour period at vacuum with a very small amount of heat and they'll freeze dry the candies. And it's a fad where people buy freeze-dried candies but there's a variety of different things that people can use them for sounds like it's uh it's better to just use it for cannabis yeah yeah i would say <laughs> I, I can definitely help the customers much better when they're doing that mm -hmm. so what happens then people come along they buy one of these they buy one they buy two they buy a shitload for wholesale what's what's usually the process so a good, I would over 50% of our business is actually in the wholesale market. You know, right. we resell a lot of our equipment to retailers across the United States and Canada. Um, and on top of that, we also have, you know, different discount tiers for people like processors. So some of my, you know, longstanding customers, they'll, we consider them a processor, you know, if they have a processor's license in, you know, whatever state. Um, you know, if they can provide me some proof and evidence that they're, you know, processing, I can get them, uh, you know, at least 15% off all the everyday products. Um, and those customers, uh, will, depending on the, it just depends on the scale of what they're doing and what they're going to buy. But mm -hmm. generally speaking, they kind of just start out with like, Hey, let me get a vacuum oven and, uh, you know, a one pound extractor. It'll hold a one pound of dry biomass. And they kind of just start off with that, you know, in a vacuum, uh, vacuum pump with a vacuum oven and extractor and some butane. And they're kind of off to the races to kind of get going and understand what they're doing. Um, and then our hopes is that that customer continues to grow with us and, you know, evolve into coming back saying, I need uh, five more vacuum ovens and I need a 10 pound extractor. <laughs> so, um, you know, we can, we can work with those guys to help grow their business and bring them the tools at a very reasonable price so they can grow it, especially when the market, um, you know, lately with all the inflation going on and, um, you know, just the market itself being dampened by very low prices for biomass out there, hmm. you know, it's, it's been harder to make a profit. So, you know, people are processing larger volumes at one time, trying to pinch, you know, a few minutes here and a few minutes there. So our new task is to, you know, come up with better ways to do these things at uh, a lower price with higher efficacy or higher results. Right. Are you considered a, a cannabis business? We're not really, right. um, you know, internally, I mean, this is pretty much what we do, uh, but we are still generally an OEM equipment manufacturer that is for botanical extraction. And that's really mm -hmm. 
that's really the the nomenclature that we go by it's like indoor grow gear is used for growing tomatoes kind of yes, thing. yes it is my yeah. have, have the best tomatoes ever man you know you yeah. buy this expensive grow light it's specifically to grow tomatoes indoors <laughs> I don't know, man. My my plants still haven't shown me any tomatoes. Be using the wrong food, mate. That's the problem. Grow, it must be what it is. I've been, <laughs> been growing them for years, not one tomato. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, are you a cannabis user as well? Or is... Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. cool. Uh, you know, I'd say I'm uh, more of uh, a mild user. I wouldn't. I, I feel like a lot of my focus during the day is is business and all that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. but you know, being with the employees that work here and some of my friends and stuff like that, of course, I love to show off, you know, some of the cool things that my customers, you know, might bring me or drop off. It's pretty neat. Nice. So you just get like little bits of shatter dropped off. Oh, to yeah. Me. Shit. Nice. Yeah. Nice, man. Do you, do you dab it? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, dabbing for sure. I would say um, it's probably 50, 50, cause I got a pretty good broad range of customers. And I also have a good broad range of friends, you know, the guys that we might hang out with that are, you know, 50 plus, they're usually the flower guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if I hang out with my, you know, employee bunch or some of the guys that work here or some of the younger guys that are under, you know, maybe 35, 38. Yeah. Got them fresh uh, lungs. I can handle it more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So nice man. So do you use any of your equipment to produce any extracts yourself or is it just all from the customers? Uh, for me, yeah, it's just a much smaller scale. Um, right. Just, you know, just because I don't have, uh, here in Illinois too, you know, with a, a medical card license, you can grow up to five plants in your house legally. Oh, cool. Um, so I do have some customers out of Illinois that are, you know, doing this because it's kind of turning into like you're, you're talking about, you're going down to the store to grow your tomatoes in, inside. Well, it's kind of the same thing with like brewing beer. You know, you can brew your own beer in your basement and people do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they take a lot of pride in what they're doing. And I'm seeing that, that crossover a little bit into like this homebrew type of marketplace where my customers are coming in and they're like, oh, well, I just need like three lights and I need, uh, you know, an extractor that can do like half a pound because they're not getting... I, I know what they're doing. They're keeping their flower, of course. And then mm. all that trim, they don't know what to do with it necessarily. They don't want to huck it out. So they go ahead and, um, you know, process it into an extract. And then that's starting this new idea where now it's becoming like, oh, well, what else can I do with this extract? Oh, well, let me show you. Mm. Um, you so what's the then, process then? What, what do they do? Like, could you say you got a shitload of trim, some popcorn buds? What do you do with it? So that's a perfect example of what an extractor is, uh, is, is a great tool for. Um, basically, we're going to use that. They're, they're, you know, I don't know how, I'm sure you're familiar with what these extractors look like, but the top portion of the column of the extractor uh, has an uh, empty tube, and that's going to be, it's all made out of stainless steel. An empty tube will pack those, you know, smaller buds and, you know, even some of like the sugar leaf and all that kind of stuff theoretically you could pretty much just put all of you could i wouldn't recommend it but you can definitely put all of it in there you can just shove the bottom half of a plant down into a pipe um, (laughs) and extract it um but generally speaking we're gonna take all of that that the trim that's kind of left over including the leaves and stuff like that we're gonna shove it all in there and pack it in really tight and then what we'll do is we'll wash the plant biomass with 
butane, but not regular like lighter fluid butane. Hmm. It's going to be an instrument grade butane that has no uh, odorant in it. Um, butane or propane or any of those gases contain um, the odorant that makes them smell. So we have the, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but we have that removed. So it's an instrument grade butane that's purified to like 99.96%. Wow. So that instrument grade butane would run through the plant biomass and butane just by chance happens to be this terrific solvent when it comes to it. It's, it really holds on to strictly, you know, some of the fats, waxes, phospholipids, and some of the, the, and obviously the oil that's in there that's coming off the trichomes. Um, but that butane helps liquefy those trichomes and carry them down the column to usually like a screen where we'll mm -hmm. hold, you know, there'll be, a, it'll go through a, a screen and then into a collection basin. So what's cool about butane is it really does a good job of targeting for the most part, everything we want. It, it doesn't really bond well with chlorophyll, whereas a chemical like let's say pure 200 proof ethanol uh, does a great job of extracting as well, but it also takes out chlorophyll and all kinds of plant gums and everything. Mm. So on the flip side, ethanol could be a great extraction solvent, but you have to do a lot of post-processing after that to clean it up. Whereas butane is just this miraculous uh, solvent that attacks exactly what we want it to, drops it. It'll be in solution in the butane and it'll go into that collection basin. Um, I don't want to get off track. So I'm talking about butane too much, but. Um, oh, it's only so, involved in the process, man. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so after we've washed it through um, all that biomass, it's going to drop into the collection tank. And at this point, our oil and our solvent are, you know, kind of homogenous. They're in this, in this solution. So what we have to do is distill out the butane and then that oil will be left behind. And the distillation process is really no different than you've seen, like with anybody distilling ethanol. You'll have, you know, your mash that obviously has ethanol in it. You're going to heat it. The ethanol is going to distill out of it and whatever's left you discard. Well, in this scenario, we're going to heat the butane and we can actually get, I mean, when I say almost all of it, I mean, literally almost all of it out. Um, we vaporize that butane with heat. So we'll put that collection basin, we'll turn on a, a heated circulator, or it can go into a, a warm bucket of water if you want to do it a little bit more of the, uh, the, the, the lower cost method. Mm -hmm. And it will cause the butane to boil, that vapor will go over into a secondary tank. And that secondary tank is actually going to be on ice. The cool thing about butane is that it's liquid storage temperature is like 31.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's like right at the tipping point of ice. So typically we use dry ice, but on a smaller extractor, like something that might be a pound or less, we could use standard ice on it. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes to distill that butane and move it over into that cold tank. But the physics of it is very simple. You're just, it will just by process, it will distill, the vapor will expand, it will move its way over to the tank. It will, the tank is cold. So the vapor collapses, creating a vacuum on one side, a void, pulling more pressurized gas over to it. So as long as you keep your temperature around, um, it's about 120 degrees Fahrenheit is what we like to use. I use a lot hotter in the lab and stuff like that. But um, if we keep our temperature nice, nice and constant, over a 30 minute, 40 minute period, you'll have all that butane recovered and you could reuse it again. Cool. So um, this is one of the, uh, the things that concern most people when they're dealing with butane because it's, it's so explosive. You know, a little spark can make it explode. 
yeah so, i mean having it in a, a vacuum like that where it's not going to escape out into the atmosphere that's pretty yeah cool. and and that's that's where it gets it's it's uh we call them closed loop extractors and that's where we get that that it's a closed loop so the only thing is you know when you open up that column your biomass will have some residual solvent left in it so those are precautions to take um, and like in our labs here, we have these um, explosion rated boots, uh, fume hoods. I'm actually shooting from the inside of my lab today. Um, you know, so uh, a safe environment is definitely required to do mm -hmm. this because uh, mm -hmm. as you open things up, there's going to be butane vapor. Right. Um, but still. And you're you know, not going to be able to smell it either because you've had the smell stuff removed. Yeah, it's a it's and you, you kind of can, you know, we I'm right. used to like what that vapor smells like, but it definitely doesn't smell like uh, when you, you go to open up the valve on the grill, you can kind of smell that that the fumes coming out of the tank. Mm -hmm. Interesting, man. It is. So you also make bubble hash gear as well. I know a lot of our listeners love that bubble hash. Oh yeah. No. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a newer space for us to be playing around in, you know, we sell the regular, the standard bubble hash equipment and we have some, you know, 55 gallon, you know, the, the barrels that we can work off of. One of the things we've been trying to work with, um, over the past months is just trying to figure out a way to like mechanize it a little bit better. Mm. Um, the, the folks over at, uh, peer pressure, they have a really, really nice, the, the brutless, products that they have, um, have a nice like screen and they have a process by which they can, they can knock the trichomes off without taking out too much chlorophyll. That's one of the issues that you know, when we mechanize it, meaning, you know, instead of having to sit there with a paddle and I mean, it, it could be when you're doing a 55 gallon drum of this stuff, like it's, it's a, it's a pretty big task. It's very mm -hmm. labor intensive. Um, you know, five gallon buckets are also labor intensive, but once you hit that 55 gallon, it's, it's a lot of work. So um, along with the short of it, I was getting at was, you know, we're trying to mechanize it. And the real problem is just when you start breaking up all those fibers, all the chlorophyll wants to come out and it just becomes a downstream pollutant. And, um, so, uh, our stuff is still very, uh, bubble bag, uh, friendly and kind of the traditional bubble bag stuff. And some of the troubles we've been running into lately is, is trying to make it easier on the person who needs to do the processing. Uh, by not also pulling out too much junk. So mm -hmm. some of the challenges we face. Yeah, bubble hash is lovely. So is it like a washing machine or something you have? Because that, that's what uh, we see French cannoli used to use and things like that. Using a... So, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 so that one, we, we, we resell stuff like that. Um, on our 55-gallon drums, that is more like... Um, like a, we have like a paddle, a wire basket style paddle that bumps around the biomass. And we've also tried bumping around different bags, you know, not super agitating them. Um, so unfortunately those aren't necessarily for release. We haven't released those yet. So they're not for sale, but the regular, you know, paddle style inside the multiple layer bag, we're still doing that. Sweet. Yes. I mean, do you smoke your own hash as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, if we make it, um, I'm, I'm down to do it. I haven't, it's probably been, uh, maybe a year and a half since, um, the last time I was out with some guys in Michigan doing it. Um, but when it's there, absolutely. Mm -mm. So do you, I suppose, do you grow your own? I know you said it was legal to grow your own in Illinois. Do you, do you grow your own as well? 
Yeah, I do. I, cool. I grow my own on, on, in Illinois. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Which technique? How do you grow? Oh, just I, I keep it real simple because I spend my whole day like at work and yeah. uh, I am probably a really poor plant manager compared to like some of my employees and all that stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of these guys have a lot, little bit more time, but um, hell, I had to move my fish tank from my house to my office because I, I, I feel so bad for the fish. <laughs> so, so now they're getting taken care of really, really well. Um, but yeah, no, just like pro mix, uh, just keep it really simple, lots of water and usually whatever nutrients I can get for free uh, from any of our vendors. <laughs> so you got fish tank, man. You should be using that. It's some, some aqu aquaponics. This would uh, be a saltwater tank. So unfortunately, right, right, okay. <laughs> but you was mentioning pro mix the other day, wasn't you monkey? Oh, I was just talking about how if you're using pro mix, you have to go ahead and, and treat it almost like hydro because there's nothing in it. That's it was in our soil discussion, basically saying that don't count on pro mix to grow your plants by itself. Yeah. My original, uh, my, my original runs that I, I started with pro mix, I didn't actually know that much about it. I just, I just know that I would see a lot of our customers buying this stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was taking the data out of our own CRM system and looking at it and saying, Oh man, this is what people really like to buy. Um, and I was also looking at the type of orders and what other nutrients they're buying with it. And my first, uh, impression with pro mix, um, was I had some very weak growth and, you know, some of my employees were like, Hey, um, did you add anything? So exactly like you said, it was... yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what you think when you first start growing, Hey, it's soil that should do the job. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that idea because Hey, everything else grows in soil. It must be fine. So we live and we learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, the other thing is too, I really, um, what I liked about the pro mix though, is it was such a clean product. I felt yeah. like what I was getting was like, oh, this is like a nice sterile, like, you know, I'm starting with the right base material. And I was, I was very happy about what I was doing. Um, but shortly into it, I was like, all right, something's not really functioning right. And I kind of just went through the motions just to kind of see what, what was going on. Um, but then I learned that I really needed to, um, you know, be a little bit more attentive with the nutrients. Oh yeah. Mackie had a similar situation when he, when he, attempted to start growing in soil and ended yeah. up with a bag of cocoa instead it's not working why is it working <laughs> but yeah then i discovered it was cocoa and then it all went well from there cocoa's some good shit man have you been growing for a while no uh i have not actually it's a pretty new i would say the last uh two about two two years or so oh, cool, um cool it's it's very it's still very fresh for me and uh the extraction stuff is, is definitely like, I, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because I, I have customers that come in and like, Hey man, do you have like a book on uh, doing extraction? I'm like, Hey man, do you have like a book on doing growing? Cause that would be really awesome. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, <a smoke>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, if it's so simple, like it's just in a book. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that um, I, I don't, I never really had like a green thumb just being kind of the engineer type. Um, I'm always looking for, so I, for me, it's, it's a little bit different type of a, a process where I have to learn to care for these plants a lot more. And, and I learned very quickly that it was more like a vegetable garden than it was like growing a damn weed plant. Mm. So that was, that was probably the bigger realization that I had is, you know, growing up planting gardens and, you know, it, there was a little bit of tending and a little bit of maintenance to keep your eye on it, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I really had some bad misconceptions about how um, hard it was not necessarily hard, but just how much more care you have to, to put into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's pretty easy to grow the stuff, but growing it well does take a little bit of talent. Yes, no, and that's and that's something I definitely uh, I really enjoy seeing. Um, you know, we have a lot of, in Illinois. We got a lot of craft grow licenses that have been going up, and I've had lots of opportunity to go visit people and customers in Michigan. It's just so impressive to see how much you know coming from the extraction side and not knowing really much about growing, just seeing how how impressive it is how how these guys can manage you know, even rooms that are, you know, 2000 square feet. I'm like, it's, it's, it's something, it's cool. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wish I had 2000 square foot to play with. Yeah, how nice would that be? Damn. That. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> we'd have damn. a party on harvest day. Yeah, for sure. One day, one that's, day, monkey. That's day. probably yes, my day. favorite thing is I'd love, I'd love the craft grow experience, being able to just go like you do to small breweries or wineries, you know, they just go up and sit in the front room and smell all those lovely cultivars and oh yeah no that's, I would that's love that too dream. I haven't found that one yet <laughs> where I could actually dream. go in there and sit down there and smell them while they're growing boy I would yeah, love no, to be able yeah, to do that'd that that'd be time. awesome yeah I mean if you, you could do a, a grow uh, a grow and let's see consumption lounge and dispensary all in one kind of a thing. I was going to say, can you imagine having it set up and there's like a little, there's a plant behind it growing under a little light. And then they got the, you know, the bag of it, the the box hey, of it, jars, whatever you want in front of it. You know, this came from this sort of thing. A glass wall showing you into the greenhouse. Yeah, yes. that, that's what you'd need because you wouldn't be able to let people in there. Everybody's covered. No, bugs, you got to have, you got to have, no, 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 no. but yeah. you could, you could let a little, little bit of that air into the, you know, the consumption lounge though. Yeah, just recirc it straight back into the consumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your extractors go into these the lounge, so everybody has a good whiff. Anyway, yeah, the, yeah, we uh, can all dream one day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it's kind of neat you brought that up. Even uh when we got the the hemp license uh out here in Illinois, we went ahead and we put up um some hemp plants in the uh in the lobby. So after I got these things kind of going, um I moved them because I wanted to grow some real big hemp plants. You know, when you walk mm -hmm. in to this extraction company, that's the first thing you see and, and this, you know, this nice light aroma. And I thought it would be really, really cool. Uh, and it was a complete freaking disaster. <laughs> uh, it's just like, as soon as I took them out of the tent and their nice growing environment and I put them out in the lobby, um, you know, I, I think the combination, like I have emergency lights, you know, because it's building code. So I just, there wasn't enough natural light in there and these poor plants, they just went into limp mode. Ooh, <laughs> so my, my dream won't work, but I still like the idea and the concept. It'd be cool. Like you could rotate like one small plant out of the growing environment into, you know, that recreational room where you guys can, you know, buy the plant and see it and smell it. You mm -hmm. know, that's, that's cool. It wouldn't be a bad idea. You'd have to have like maybe maybe uh, half a dozen plants and every plant gets one day in and then, you know, several days off back in the tent kind of doing thing like that. But yeah, I could see doing that. I mean, I would love to be able to go into a dispensary or a consumption lounge and actually have living plants in there. That would be so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite places is my grow tent, of course, you know. Yeah, something that can be said about sitting around your plants and having a smoke. I mean, not, a, you know, I mean, it's not don't do it every day obviously but you know if you've not done it before give it a crack <laughs> that's right so for people who are new to extraction and want to get involved in making their own chateau or hash or anything like that what would you recommend for them the new guys do you have like basic equipment for the new people or is it just major wholesale stuff yeah no it's um you know 
that's really where kind of everything starts. And, um, you know, that's the cool thing is we've over the years, some of these guys that just came in to start with one thing months later, they're like, Oh man, I'm opening up my own shop. Like, oh, dang. <laughs> so, wow. And then they're applying for a wholesale license there. You know, they understood extraction. They knew how to talk to customers that were local to them. Um, I saw a lot of this happen in Michigan and then they have like a pop-up store and, you know, they're selling the growing side equipment and then they have their, their little corner of like, you know, a stack of my equipment uh, where people can, you know, they can order directly through them or they can, you know, buy the stuff. But uh, any case, um, yeah, we have in our, you know, under our closed loop extractor section on our website at shopbvv.com, that um, section underneath there, you can basically sort it by biomass size. And obviously the smaller it is, the less expensive the extractor is going to be. Um, but one of the key things is um, in that section, you can get stuff that will literally hold like one can of butane. So you'd be looking at about 40-ish, probably about 40 grams of biomass would be like the smallest size that we mm -hmm. can run. And that still is a closed loop. So instead of like the open blast days and things that are a little bit more dangerous, you know, you'd be able to in a closed system with a little 40 gram thing that sits on your countertop that ships in a box that's no bigger than probably like, you know, maybe like a 15, like a, like a, like a, a two foot by two foot cube, a very small box, with lots of padding. Uh, you'll have a, uh, a small unit that you can run on, you know, like a small pot of hot water which I wouldn't recommend running hot water off the stove or any gas, <laughs> um, you know, and then you can use a small bucket of ice, like a bag of ice could do your recovery for you. It was very, mm -hmm. very small amount of um, consumable stuff needed, but you'd be able to basically get, you know, and your yields on that too. Um, it just depends on like the biomass that you're putting on there. But I would say by weight, uh, 14, 14% and higher. And that's, again, that's, it's really based on, like yeah, it's, yeah, how content. yeah right yeah it, it, it's just it's all over the place and and i would say a lot of my my good customers are in that 20 percent range i just don't like to go out and tell people like oh man you're gonna get 20 percent. i can't mm -hmm, guarantee mm -hmm. that um but still but, even 14 percent is a good return oh yeah so yeah. you can get you know out of out of a pound of biomass i always tell people you're going to be getting an ounce um, you know, and you know, people in the systems, we can add things like valves so people can perform like a soak on it if they wanted to, you don't want to go too long because then you kind of start pulling out all the undesirables. So you get mm. more weight, but that's more waxes and fats and things that you may or may not want. Most people don't want them, but I've seen people mm. who want them. Um, so, you know, that small system might run you anywhere from a 450 to 750 us dollars. Um, and you would need some butane to go with it. And again, you can use small cans for the small system and you would also need a vacuum pump and then a small chamber. So we have like these kits um, and they, they're, you know, you get like a little vacuum pump and um, I, I think we have a kit. It's probably around $1,200 US and it's kind of an all-in-one kit. It's got a little heat pad that goes on the bottom of your vacuum chamber, which is basically like a cooking pot with a lid on it. Um, and all that stuff that we have here too, what's really cool is our vacuum chambers. We're the only ones that still were pretty much like 98% made in America. So it's a real high quality product. Um, anyway, so that, that'll give you the extractor and then you can take your BHO that you made out of it, put it into the vacuum oven. I'm sorry, the vacuum pot, the vacuum pot, you would pull a vacuum on it and add that, you know, low temperature to it for about, you know, 
at least two days. I always say three days because we want to make sure that the parts per million on the solvent for the butane is completely remediated as much as possible. And mm -hmm. yes, you can actually get it all out. Um, I, you know, every state in, in, in America has some different regulations on what the parts per million of butane should be. But I can tell you that it's under 30 after about three days at 96 degrees Fahrenheit uh, under vacuum. So you're not going to taste any butane in there. Um, it's very, very minimal. And it's within most state limits. I would say most because I've seen other states that are a lot higher and I don't really understand why. Yeah, well, there's a certain amount of butane you get from your lighter when you inhale that shit as well. Isn't it? It's probably less than 30 parts per million. Yeah, I mean, it's probably uh, more than for the lighters. It's quite a bit, especially the, those petrol lighters. Some people like to use those, but I swear whenever I've used a oh. petrol lighter, I can taste that yeah. paraffin or whatever it is. Talking about the yeah. Zippo ones? Yeah, Zippos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, it's, uh, it's like, it's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's rough because that stuff, and it sticks, <laughs> it sticks to the, it sticks to everything that went through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so these small kits, you know, they're, they're really easy for people to kind of get started and, that's generally where people will start with stuff. And I always tell people, you know, I've, I've had customers and a lot of different, you know, even some of the, the FAQs on our website, just people emailing in and, and we do price matching too. So if somebody sees a better price somewhere else, we'll price match and I'll, I'll beat them. I, I always do my best to beat them. It's like, it's, it's, it's my goal in life because I want to convert a customer. But more importantly, the real advertising point is we pressure, we pressure test every single complete system that goes out to the marketplace. So, you know, we're not using some janky valves that we picked up from China or something like that. You know, all of our valves are certified uh, for and meet standard for the National Fire Protection Agency. These valves have blowout proof stems. They're rated for temperatures that they'll never see. They're rated for low temperatures that they'll likely not see. Um, you know, I've taken a lot of pride in, in building a valve that just is just phenomenal. So yeah, as far as like some high quality shit, man. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I, I've, we've taken every single component. What's really cool is all of the extractors that we sell, we have two different types. We have certified and non-certified. So a certified extractor would go into a facility that needs to like a legal facility. A non-certified mm -hmm. extractor would be likely a non-legal facility or a facility that doesn't require any type of specific product, but generally a, a certified extractor has been reviewed by 49 states. And I have an engineer sign off on all four from 49 states in America. Alaska is one of them I don't, but that there's a reason for that and I won't get into it. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, what I'm getting at is that, that those certified extractors, the same parts that are in those certified extractors that are certified are the same parts I use on my regular systems. There isn't like, I, I didn't cut the corners here. You're going to get a very safe product. And I always tell people like, even the gaskets, they have to be dimensionally perfect. So I buy all my, my gaskets from America. I buy all of these other pieces from Israel. And like, th there's all these different things that kind of come together. And, um, you know, I, I try to use, you know, countries that have been like tried and true as buying something in the UK, you know, it's good, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you, you know, it, it's, I, I stick to that type of stuff. But anyway, when I'm selling these systems, I always like to tell people that like, the one thing is if you did see something cheaper and you don't want a price match, think about the safety that goes in behind it. We test it with nitrogen for 24 hours and nitrogen is a smaller molecule than butane. So I can detect a leak in a system and every one of them goes into our system as they're getting sold. So I know that the customers received a, a safe 
piece of equipment and we put warranties on it. And the other thing is, if you don't fucking like it, send it back, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll take it back. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, you know, you can't do that when you buy it from Alibaba. No. Yeah. Alibaba, man. Do anybody even use that site anymore? Well, they've spent a lot of time ripping the pictures off my website to sell the same stuff. And that's, that's a real thorn in my side these mm -hmm. days. But mm -hmm. wow. Um, I think shit. in the extraction industry, you know, I've, I've run into customers bringing in equipment that they've, you know, admittedly said they bought, you know, from China direct. Mm -hmm. And we we're usually trying to resurrect it for them to make sure that it's working good and it's safe. So, you know, when they see it, that's usually their turning point when then they they're like, oh, I'm buying everything here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, so, and, and just the, the knowledge of certain things, you know, some of the gaskets we use, you know, USP food grade gaskets on everything. All of the greases that go into the valves to build them are all food grade. Like, so if there's any contaminants that happen in here, yeah, you don't want any freaking grease in your oil, but at least it's not something that, you know, uh, is, you know, I'm not, it's not hydraulic fluid or something mm -hmm. weird like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just yeah. some used engine oil they've used to grease up a sprocket or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Recycled. So you can't put a price on high quality, you know, you can't put a price on safety as well. And that peace of mind yeah. you get when you got a good piece of gear. Yeah. Or your health, man. Mm. If you bad extraction can be very dangerous to your health. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And that is just, in a, and we, we also have a university um, that we have. It's um, mm. we call it the BVV university. We're working on maybe rebranding it into something like extractor university, but we have pretty decent enrollment in it. And the whole thing is, um, it's uh, about, excuse me, it's about 51 pages, 20,000 plus words. It takes about, I don't know, if you worked on it four hours a day, probably take you two weeks to get through it. Damn. And the purpose of it is really, it, it really focuses on education for safety in the beginning. And then I get into all the details, distillation making pens, making carts, Delta eight, every type of variant that's out there, isolation for even CBD, terpene isolations. We have 33 SOPs, which are operating procedures for, I, I, we'll just call them recipes, man. I mean, I, I'm giving the stuff away. I mean, I, I need people to buy my equipment. So why am I hiding the process? Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, and then when that, with that university, um, it, you get access. To, people already have access to us, but um, you know, if you, you have any questions, you know, we're always happy to help people. Anybody that's a past customer calls in, even if they haven't bought anything for two years and we'll talk you through the problems and we'll figure out some solutions. That's pretty fucking sweet, man. Sounds like, like your website. Sorry, yeah. happy. I was going to say, it looks like your website even sells hydroponic uh, supplies and equipment. We do. So, wow. um, we one stop shop, grow it here, extract <laughs> it here. Uh, we're, we've always, you know, just with a variety of customers, and, and we've always wanted to get more and more of the hydro stuff available. Um, it's just with, I mean, you know, there's so many products, you know, Hawthorne oh, yeah. and Hydro Farm. We, we work directly with those guys to buy products from them. Um, it's just, it's so hard to nail. I, I can't fit all this crap in a 50,000 square foot building. It just doesn't fit. So, <laughs> so I drop ship a lot of it, um, but the high movers and, and we'll keep them here. And um, when we can cut a good deal for dirt, we'll buy it in bulk. Uh, if it's a, obviously a brand that people are buying um, because we got some, some good space for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're always interested in trying to service our customers and, and, you know, 
get them more of what they need. And, you know, and we're learning a lot about this stuff too, in the process, you know, what's good, what's not. A lot so, of the stuff you have on your site looks pretty good. I mean, AC Infinity, things such as that. So it's, you know, this is not, not, a, not Chinese gear that you're selling. That's, that's my, that's my go-to tent for people the AC Infinity. I, I nice. love that tent. Um, you know, we, we have them set up in our showroom uh, with demoing our grow lights. We have, uh, you know, three different, well, actually four different models of grow lights that we sell into commercial as well as our, uh, in, into our home grow. Uh, Is that customers. light you make yourself? Yeah, we do. So, cool. you know, we, we do import those lights, um, but they are DLC listed. So, you know, they're, they're accredited. Um, their spectrums have been validated. Um, and we've actually, we've sold a lot of these lights commercial. We have a couple of pretty, we've had a couple of really big deals on those as well as a lot of smaller deals, you know, typically anywhere from, you know, uh, uh, let's say like 150, uh, even up to a thousand lights, which has been really cool. Um, I don't know that much about grow lights, um, specifically. So, you know, I teamed up with a couple of guys that have a lot of industry knowledge and, uh, they built these lights and they head up a, a different division of ours. Um, and that's kind of like our lighting and commercial direct. Um, and we're using that as a nice tool to not only introduce ourselves to customers with a grow light, but then we can kind of come up and have a meeting and say, Hey, you know, by the way, uh, we have all this extraction knowledge and we can help you guys with the post-processing. So it, it does fit together pretty nicely. I imagine it would there. And especially, I mean, I am surprised. I'm, I've been going through your, your uh, website and I was expecting to find, you know, a lot of big commercial stuff. And there is a lot of big commercial stuff, but home growers, yeah, you've got stuff down here that is priced and sized for, for me, basically down here on the site. So this is actually you know, a one-stop shop for all growers, not just commercial home growers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you picked up on that. Cause that's, that's, you know, a lot of my competitors, you know, have grown, you know, their types and sizes of, of equipment. And it wasn't really a place that I wanted to go many years ago. I, I just, I just, I just felt like there's only so many people that need like a hundred pound extractor, man. Like, <laughs> like, and, and, and like, like, how do you even find that customers? It was my issue, you know, like thinking about it, you know, how do you find that needle in the haystack that, that guy who works for the guy who owns the billion dollar grow instead, you know, I kind of stayed in my lane, you know, we're really good with small format equipment, mm -hmm. anything under 20,000 square foot. Um, we have stuff ready to ship daily, anything larger than that. We can customize, we can, we can build bigger, you know, we, we do it for people. We can certify larger machines and we've done it. Um, so we can serve a lot of different people, but I think that those price points, it, it's a really, it's really important for us because I, I want, I want just the, the regular guy. Like we talked about the homebrew market. I can't make it unattainable. That's just doesn't work. No, man. I, I think you did the right thing here. I mean, you go into an interview with an extraction expert, and I was actually expecting you to tell me all about the you know the major mondo monster things you're doing, and you're telling me <laughs> instead that you've actually built a business for the home grower here. So this is fantastic. So another question: Do you guys um, ship worldwide, or is there certain places you can and can't ship to? Or so I'll ship anything anywhere. Um, okay. I would say for people who are shipping internationally, especially even to Europe and stuff like that, we'd have to. I, I've turned off a lot of those features. Um, some of it's because of fraud and some of it's also because I, I really need to discuss with the customer how we're going to import this stuff 
because it, you know, I can't, I can't send it to the UK and say, you know, extraction equipment, it's just going to raise too many flags. Um, yeah, cool. so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, there's, you know, we, we have, you know, we, 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 we can work with the customer to help organize how we're going to get that transported to them. Um, and sometimes people reach out to us and there, there are certain products, like we sell a lot of these, um, uh, clear, like uh, a big consumable of ours is we have these different color remediation uh, medias, and they're basically like uh, bentonite clay powders that, um, or granular media that kind of looks like kitty litter. But what they do is they absorb color bodies. So if you had some really old biomass, I can make it look brand new. Um, but I can't, yeah, it's really cool tech. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some good and bad around it. You know, there's, if you have really old biomass, like I can take old two year old biomass. I have a product on my website called uh, color bleach. I can take two year old biomass that would come out dark as motor oil and using this color bleach at the end of the extraction. So after the biomass, the butane runs through the biomass, it runs through a section of this column that will be packed with a powder and that powderized media it will help strip color bodies, fats, lipids, uh, and some of the waxes. And we'll do that with a little bit of pressure, like nitrogen. We'll, we'll push a little bit of pressure on top of it, about 30 PSI, and it'll slowly um, push through that, that clay layer. And um, that resonance time will help strip some of that, that color out. Anyway, um, so those products, we, we actually sell a lot of um, because I, I can resurrect any product. It does it does fudge the terpenes a little bit. So what that means is, um, you know, you might get more of a, a, a limonene kind of flavor to them. So typically I wouldn't recommend this on like fresh material. You just don't need it. Yeah. Um, plus you don't really need to adulter your material right off the bat, but if someone like a customer might be going straight into, you know, making, you know, pens and stuff like that, and they're going to post flavor them anyway. Um, it's a good way to resurrect old material and clean it up. Anyway, so hmm. what I was getting at is those products are really cool, but I can't export them anywhere. It's like everywhere they yeah. go, they just, the government's like, what is this bag of white powder? Reject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. do have an important question here. Uh, 240 volts uh, because there's different electricity used, well, like same electricity, just different voltages in the UK, USA, Australia, and Europe, and all these different places. I suppose you take that into consideration when you ship abroad. Yes, I do. Actually, we actually had a customer. We had a, I had a wholesaler in Australia who tried desperately hard, and he was a really good guy for about the first three years of our business and buying stuff because he was he was fighting tooth and nail to build a little you know extraction business, uh, selling reselling extraction equipment out there. And uh, I don't know whatever happened to him, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I can but, probably uh, tell you what might have happened to him. <laughs> uh, so um, yes, we do have our vacuum ovens that are. ETL Neo Cision, those are 240 volt compliant. We have vacuum pumps that are 200. We hit, okay, we'll just, I'll use the term universal voltage. So I, I've worked um, every, every, I have butane recovery pumps. So like we talked about doing, you know, the butane needs to be distilled off. I have pumps that will actually recover it for you. You just use a machine, a mechanical pump, like uh, in the HVAC world, they use it to recover, uh, you know, your refrigerant gases. Yes. Um, you know, recapture them. So we could do the same thing. Um, those are universal voltage. So we have a variety of products that will be universal voltage. The only thing I don't have is the heat pads. So on the, when you want to, when you want to have like a little mini vacuum oven on the cheap, you go to that vacuum chamber and you put a heat pad underneath it and it sticks to the bottom. That's the only product that I carry that 
I don't have a, I did for a while bringing in like a 240 volt version, but I, I just, I have so many varieties. I had so much inventory of it. It was, it was one of those things where I just had to kind of dial it back because I wasn't getting the market penetration that I expected. Right. Um, but aside from that, you know, you could go out to the store and get, you know, a griddle and, you know, my customers griddles get pretty hot. You put it on the lowest setting and they'll put something like a, a granite slab on top of it. You know, it's a heat soak it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and try to pull out some of that heat and kind of stabilize the temperature that they're looking for. So there's some some workarounds that you can get locally, um, you know. But other than that, it, everything else, I would say I have a 240 volt version for pretty much everything, even the heaters, chillers, circulators. Like I mentioned, you know, when you have to put that that extractor into a hot water bath to get um, the uh, butane vapor moving. Um, we can put a, we have like a stainless steel jacket that goes around it. You would buy it all, all in one, but basically I can circulate hot water through it. You know, I've had people pull it right off of their tap where they can circulate hot water off the tap, um, right through that, that collection base. But we also have heaters, chillers, vacuum pumps, all that with the universal voltage. But again, I would urge those customers to reach out to us with an email and, and let us try to architect what, what you're looking for, we'll have to put it together. Unfortunately, only a handful of those items are just easy to just kind of quick pull the trigger. The other thing is shipping is, as everyone knows, a fortune now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it gives us the opportunity to come up with some creative ways to move stuff. Moving freight across the ocean is, is usually a pain in the butt, but we are working with some people to try to get some of these products in Amazon in Europe. So mm-hmm. If we can work with Amazon and let them do the legwork, um, maybe we can get some more of these products over there, a little more uh, retail available. Nice. So expansion, where do you see the company being in like five years time? Bigger. (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, um, I don't know. I don't think that I want to get any bigger. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, I think I've grown to the right size and I, I want, you know, what I've really focused on in the next five years, I really want to focus on improving the amount of data on the website, you know, data, when it comes to each one of these products, you know, you guys were looking already at, at, at this site and you're like, oh, wow, you got prices for products that kind of fit into like the home grower. Well, now I really need to connect that product with how they how they'll benefit from it, how it can more relate to them, you know, pumping up more videos, more YouTube, do it yourself kind of things and, and really improving, you know, the quality of what information is on the site, because I think that that connection that the customer will have uh, is, oh, hey, this looks simple, I can do this myself. And it's not that scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's, that's one of the things. And then the other thing is, you know, again, working to evolve, so do I see myself like doubling in size? No, um, maybe not even making that much more revenue, but I would say looking at it from a perspective of, I really want to improve the quality because I think that would be the best move. Mm-hmm. And then maybe after that, when everything's all freaking awesome, then then I'll go out for buy a Ferrari or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, once you get past a certain size, it's going to be difficult to have the, uh, you know, testing every machine having the close interaction with the customers like you do now, things like that, as you bet, get bigger. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly. Be and yeah. you know, that's, and that's, and I, I've seen that happen and, and I don't, I don't want my customer service to, you know, be, be compromised over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good shit, man. 
it all sounds very cool. I wish I had money to go buy some extraction equipment right now, but <laughs> it's not the case. Yeah. UK's poor, mate. We've just spent a load of money on the Queen's funeral. You know how it is. Maybe we could sneak one in. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll just mail it, show up at your house to be like, oh shit. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I'm just, Plug it I'm in, just looking step at step one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm looking at stuff and just wondering how much food I can go without to buy a couple of these. Is there some stuff in there that I would really like? <laughs> I, I would say that one of the, the tricky parts about being international is typically like the butane. So they yeah. don't have access to something that like there's Calibri. You know, what's cool is in the UK are uh, the BVV uh, canned butane. It comes out of the North Sea and so does Whippet. And you guys got some real clean gas up there. So it's actually a blend of propane, 25%. It's, I'll just for rough numbers, because I can't remember. Well, you know what? I think you do. It's like 33% butane, 33% propane, and 33% isobutane. Mm. That mix right there is, is really nice. We sell a tri-blend. Ours is a tri-blend of that as well, with a little bit more heavy on the butane just to get more extraction out of it. Mm. Um, but that's usually one of the tricky parts like let's say like jamaica for example they're always hungry for equipment but i can't get the gas to the island mm. and the same thing happens mm. with alaska you know they're hungry for equipment they have you know they are legal up there to actually do this type of processing but they call down here and they're like oh i need butane and then i give them the price and their transportation costs three times of what the product is just to get it there because mm. i can't yeah. i have to ship it by boat from like washington up to anchorage and it has to be on a hazmat boat and yep. it's yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and if I truck it through Canada, it's it's there's all this um all these tariff uh you know tariffs and then you have to take it a broker and it's like yeah, yeah it's so, just not worth it, is it? Yeah, so that that's the one thing I would say to people looking at it is first make sure you you have the resources available to actually get it done. What do what happened there? Was the explosion? I heard that too out of my um, like I said, I'm in my I'm in my lab and it's uh, I have no idea. Sounds like someone dropped a pallet. <laughs> Mm. Oof. Uh, yeah. So, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you as well? I'm sure people, because you know, this is all sounding very good for a lot of our, our listeners. I think they'd enjoy going and making some of their own butane and some uh, BHO. Yeah. Our, you know, shopbvv.com um, shop is where, you know, everything kind of starts. Mm -hmm. You know, we have our, our chat on there. Um, it's not a 24 hour chat. I'm not that big. Uh, but we also have our support at, um, shopbvv.com. So that support is perfect because once my guys come in in the morning, you know, they disseminate those, uh, emails to everybody also on the website on every one of those products is an FAQ question board. And some of them have a lot of answered questions, but we, I have a dedicated guy to monitor that as well. A dedicated guy for chat. Um, you know, so those are the great ways to reach us, especially, um, if you're kind of just listening to the podcast late at night and you're like, Oh, let me go check them out. Drop us a line. You know, it's easy. You can sign up for a newsletter. Um, and that way you can stay in touch with us. Um, otherwise, if you have the time of day to do it, you can call in from nine to five. And I got a whole host of guys and, and all of my, uh, sales reps. I mean, these guys have been here for like six, seven, eight years. I mean, these, these guys know a lot of stuff and can really help guide people and get people kind of started with things. So, also Instagram, another way to get through 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 to us. Um, you know, our 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 handles the shop BBV uh, on Instagram, and of course you can do us a, a DM us there with any direct messages. So, those are absolutely the best ways to get a hold of us. And and like I said, we're 
we're always there to help people. So, you know, and, and you don't have to really be patient with it. These guys, uh, you know, my manager is pretty hard on making sure that these guys get all that stuff wrapped up every day. So everybody feels like they've been taken care of. Nice, man. All sounds awesome. What do you think, lads? Should we get one? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been looking, I've been shopping the whole time he's been talking. Yeah. <laughs> very, very tempting right now going like, yes, and Mrs. going to say something if, if this piece of equipment shows up and answer is yes, she would. Well, you know, just remember what Ed Rosenthal said. Don't look at it as money currency. Think about uh-huh. it. how much cannabis would this cost? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. Well, if, uh, if I... If I was to, yeah, pounds is the correct answer to that question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Couple of pounds. Billy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, says you, he needs 10K uh, so far. Are you referring to a retail price or home grow price? Because, yeah, it'd take a hell of a lot of home grow to pay for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, yeah, that'll do. Hey, Grant, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I could eat baked beans on toast for the next six years. Easy done. It'll be fine. <laughs> and shatter. You'd have shatter with the beans and toast added shatter. That's a lot better. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. It. But you know, I've been actually looking at a, a way to do small scale just for me vape carts. And it's like, you know what? He's actually mm. got the equipment here that could make it possible at a, yeah. Yeah, it might sting a little bit, but it's, it's actually affordable. You know, there's yeah, this the thing. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, your camera uh, came on now. Oh, uh, you just know what? You guys get You guys could have told me earlier. I didn't actually notice. Oh, we, we don't we don't mind either way, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just who you see you're talking to. But um, yeah, on the, there's also these closed column pressure extractors. Is another um, it's an it's it's not a closed loop, so it doesn't recover the butane. But that's also you know uh, going back maybe like four years ago, it was very common practice. It's what kind of where people started because you can always add a, a base to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the closed column pressure extractor is basically just that pipe. Um, and you would fill that with your biomass and you have a cap on the top and a cap on the bottom with mm-hmm. valves. Yeah. So you hook up a vacuum pump to it. You pull a vacuum on the biomass for, you know, maybe like, let's say seven minutes or so, you know, get a real good vacuum on there. And then you lock off the valves and you'll take your can. And with those butane cans, it comes with all these little different varieties, sizes of tips. Mm-hmm. One of those tips actually fits into the, the top of our, our system. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice tight fit. So you push that can down and it starts to push the butane. Then you open that valve and you dump your can in there while it's under vacuum. And that would, you know, that that's basically, we just keep adding cans until it won't take anymore. Um, and then that would sit and you can soak it if you wanted to for um, anywhere from five to 30 minutes. Uh, I've had people, so I, I really, usually we're like in like the, you know, five to like seven minute, 10 minute range. Um, and then what you would do is you would take that apparatus and you'd have to be outside. And then you would open up that valve and when you open it up that valve, um, you know, it's going to dump all that butane and the oil into like a dish. You could put a dish underneath it, um, but you can walk away from it. So it gives you the opportunity to be in a safer environment. I think underneath that, that product, I have like a little demo video that I put together on there. It's, it's a little bit older, but it's just a YouTube, like start to finish on how like these closed column pressure extractors work. Um, but it's really like, it's, a, it's, it's kind of the gateway before closed loop extraction and recovering the butane. Um, How much so, of the butane do you get back? So in a closed column, it's zero. So it's, a, it's all wasted. Um, right. In regular closed loop, um, typically you're losing about, you're losing about a pound of butane 
I would say about a pound of butane, roughly, right around about a pound or 80% of a pound mm. of butane for every pound of biomass if you don't, if you don't heat it. So some of them are, are more advanced extractors. What we do is when we recover the butane, we're using a liquid heater to actually heat the column and it bakes out that residual and we, and we can get pretty much about 90% of the solvent out of it. So again, it's as, as the market shifted and over the years before, you know, people would buy butane and it's just like, you know, just this added cost. Now it's like, Hey, you know, I'm spending $4,000 a month on butane. I need to figure out how to save some more money. Mm -hmm. So if you bake that column, we get most of it out. Sweet. I mean, anyway, you can save the dough is always good nowadays, isn't it? And it just just recycling that shit, so you don't have to keep shipping it in all the time. Like that guy right. in uh, in did you say it was Jamaica, for example? If he got a can shipped into him, and he could get four or five runs out of it, and it's it's a lot better than just one. Oh yeah, the the only downside to it is over time, butane does start to collect water from the process. So your butane starts to you start getting these like real runny extracts, and they start looking real shitty. Um, and that's usually indicative of too much water being in it. So every time you're doing this, even like with fresh frozen or, you know, any, um, you know, like even live resin is probably the worst. Um, a lot of that moisture gets stuck in there. So now we have, um, we also sell these remediation sieve beads. And basically as you're vaporizing the butane, we can capture the water, um, out of the, the butane and, and make sure that it's still clean. So unfortunately, yeah, you're, you're right. You, you have some runs left, you get some runs out of it, but at some point you, you also have to kind of remediate the water that might be in the butane. Mm. Nice. Yeah. We could talk for hours about all the different things that can happen and all the little different, uh, you know, technical issues and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's where the university comes in and tries to help people explain it away. It's pretty sweet, man. You got just about everything everybody needs. That's nice. Just about. Just yes. about, just about, just about. That's I'm it, getting man. there. So, encourage everybody to go and check out your website. What was it again? Shopvvv.com. That's correct. Sweet, nice and easy to remember as well. So, yeah, everybody go check that shit out, man. And where can we find you on Instagram and the other social networks? Our, all of them. Obviously, for uh, Facebook, we got uh, Shopvvv um, at our Facebook handle, and then our um, our Instagram is also the Shopvvv. Nice. We were able to, we were able to carry that over. There is a spoof shop BBV account out there. Oh, you're getting fakes made after you as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess it's a good thing if everybody wants to be you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Imitation is the highest form of flattery as they say. I'll take it, but it sure does create a lot of anger. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you do to prevent that? I mean, people contact you directly at your office or something. Uh, they'll usually, con- they'll, they'll either, I've had customers write us in on email. I've had customers just on Instagram ask us like, Hey, is this you? And then they'll send us screenshots. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not us. Damn, um, that's lame. But the one with all the followers, we got 17,000 followers. The one with obviously the higher number of followers, that would be us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, you know, we do giveaways out there on our Instagram. Um, you know, we do, yeah, there's sometimes there's right. There's, there's rules. Obviously I might say like, Oh, this is only, you know, United States, or mm-hmm. if it's something like a big piece of equipment, I'll have to exclude Hawaii and Alaska because you know, it's too, too expensive yeah. to get it out there. 
Um, but yeah, our, our Instagram uh, is a good place to also view some of the things that are happening inside the building and the office and kind of get a better presence. Also like, you know, our Google uh, images and stuff like that, people, you know, can check it out. We have a showroom here. And so anybody that's in the U.S. that wants to check it out, you know, they can, they can come out here. I've had that happen nice. pretty frequently. Field trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the shop. <clears throat> it's awesome, man. But it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Jason. I hope everybody goes out and checks out the website and all the gear you've got over there. That's super cool. Yeah, thank you guys for having me out on the show. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming to join us. And we can do it again sometime. You know, if you've got something new you want to let everybody know about, then you're always welcome to come and chill with us. Just drop us a message. Okay. Sounds good, man. Good, man. Thank you. Yes. Good pleasure, Jason. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day, yeah, bro. Thanks for chat. Thank you. Cheers, Jason. This Appreciate is where we wave, but you can't see us waving because we don't have a camera. Right. <laughs> I'll see you, guys. I'll see you, man. See you, mate. Goodbye. So there we go, everybody. That was Jason Morassi from BVV. So you can check out his website, as we said in the interview, by going to shopbvv.com and you find out about his university there, all the equipment he sells over there, either for extraction or hydroponics, everything we mentioned in the interview. So super cool guy. You can obviously find him on Instagram as well. Just search for shopbvv and you'll find him over there too. But for now, that's the interview for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to have Sarah Sinclair from Cannabis Health Magazine on for the interview. And that one's going to be super interesting as well. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for sharing the show if you do that too. And as usual, it's been a pleasure. We'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides. Have a good week, everybody. Stay high and stay safe. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.